and we're go. Okay, tribe, welcome back. This is episode number 10. Woo, double digits. Uh, become a relationship badass. I'm so excited to have you all here with me. I'm celebrating my 10th episode with a very special guest. We have Matt Hilliard Ford in the house. Uh, he is a relationship coach. He's based in Canada, and he's also done, has lots of experience with men's work and men's groups. Um, so Matt, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's such an honor to have you. Um, why don't we start by having you tell my listeners just about yourself a little bit, what, you know, your work and, and why you care about this whole men and intimacy thing. Sure, sure. Uh, so I grew up in the UK, but moved to Canada about 20 years ago, and Toronto has been my home. And uh, I'm married, I'm a parent, I have a 15-year-old son and a, an 11-year-old daughter. And I, yeah, I became interested in men's work about 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago. I was feeling really lost and lost around what my function was as a man and what my role was as a father and that was something that i really really wanted to get right mm -hmm. and like honestly i was in a bit of a depression at that point and uh, my brother had given me a book to read about manhood which was really the first the first insight I had into just the idea of men, the opportunity of developing as a man, yeah. some of the ideas around how I was showing up as I was in terms of influence of society, the messages that we get as men. Yeah. And that led me to join a men's group um, that I've been involved in in men's work since then. And I recently um, co-founded an everyman men's group here in Toronto, which I co-facilitate mm. with another guy, which has been an incredible experience. Wow. That's yeah. happening now, the men's, that, yeah. that's, oh, yeah. that's fucking cool. Yeah. And, and then through, mm. this, through this work, um, and just trying to un understand myself more fully, I recognized that I had some just terrible patterns in relationships historically, and that I really needed to get a handle on how I was showing up in, in my intimate relationship. Yeah. And that exploration led me to becoming a relationship coach because I wanted to empower myself to be able to support other people in their relationship challenges because one thing i know for certain is that you're if you're in a relationship you're going to encounter challenges at some point or another right. and um i've <laughs> i've experienced a lot of pain and i've caused a lot of pain in relationships and i really wanted to shift that wow. and then i really wanted to be able to help other people shift their relationship pain as well yeah it sounds like you understand the pain from an experiential level. Yeah. That motivated you to want to help others. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. I have one question. What yeah. is the book that your brother gave you? So we can put this in the show notes. 
Okay. It's a book called Manhood by an author called Stephen Bidolf. And that last name is spelled B-I-D-D-U-L-P-H. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, and it was, uh, I mean, there are, there are a lot of wonderful books out there, but that was, that was the one my brother sent me. We are very similar in certain ways. Um, and we experience some of the same challenges as, as men in the world and men in, men in relationships. So it, it spoke to him and he was pretty sure it would speak to me. And it, mm-hmm. it did. It did. did. Yeah. yeah. yeah i will uh include that book in the show notes for any of you guys who just perked up when you heard that maybe you're looking for a a first book or or dive into this kind of topic so yeah we'll include that in the show notes and yeah thank you for sharing your your journey and for being here this is this is exciting for me because i can offer so much perspective into relationships but i think intimacy from the man's perspective is just a whole world of things that I can only speak to from an observational point. Yeah. So I think having you here who's experienced this is just going to be so valuable for all you listening out there. So thank you. You're welcome. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. So thank you for making space for this conversation. Nikki. Yes. Yes. It's a conversation that needs to be had. Am I right? <laughs> you are right. Okay. So yeah, let's, we have a lot to cover today. So let's just dive on into the good stuff if you're ready, Matt. Let's do it. I'm just gonna bring some questions to you. So I kind of want to start by outlining this whole topic. And so I'd love your opinion essentially on what you, what you see or observe as almost like the biggest challenge for men in, in the context of like intimacy or intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest challenge for us men is feeling our feelings. Mm. And it's, it was a journey for me mm-hmm. to really, and, and I see it as a journey for other men that I know um, in men's group, outside men's group, um, and to really just honor our feelings. Yeah. And it's as simple as being able to identify what those feelings are. And certainly when I, when I started this journey, um, and in, a, in an intense way, which was sitting in men's group, okay. I was doing really basic shit, like labeling my emotions. Like happy, sad, angry, that type of stuff? Just Yeah. Yeah. Like- Yep. Okay. Yeah. And locating where the feeling was in my body. So, um, getting specific about what the actual sensations were in my body and what that, what that emotion is called. And it, it might sound incredibly basic, but it was incredibly powerful because I hadn't really done that. I mean, as a kid, I would know if I was sad um, or happy. And as a grown-up, I would know if I, if I was happy or maybe angry. But I wouldn't really say, I wouldn't really say to myself, oh, I'm sad now. And there's something about labeling it. There's something about witnessing it. Um, like owning one, it for what it is. Owning it for oneself yeah. that allows me to feel it more deeply. Mm. 
versus just having these sensations as I move through the world and just not really focusing like on, on them. Yeah. Like what? Sorry. Like you're not really noticing them. They kind of come and go, but you don't really yeah. notice like, Oh, there's anger. There's sadness. Yeah. They're just moving through you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as a, and as a man, I don't want to be feeling them in right. terms of, in terms of how I'm raised, I really don't want to be feeling them. So I'll just like, if, if I get that like twinge of, of, of sadness or grief, I'll, I want to, I want to skip over it as quickly as possible. So, Oh, I've got so many directions. My mind's going, but I, what you just said, I'm a man, I don't want to feel them. Mm-hmm. And so can you just expand on that a little bit? Because if, if yeah. you're a woman listening right now, you're like, what? When I feel my emotions come up, I need to feel them. I have to let them loose and call my girlfriends and let them see them. And um, so I'd love for you to dive in on that particular piece and what you mean there. Yeah, definitely. So when I think about role models for men, masculine role models, like the popular cultural role models that men look up to. So I grew up, I was a teenager in in the 80s. So the male, the masculine icons that were around were Clint Eastwood, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like tough guys, stoic guys who you would never see being vulnerable or rarely see being vulnerable. So you might see them angry. You might see them aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, But you would never see... (laughs) You would never see them cry. You would never see them at ease with any of those softer emotions. You would never see them in their vulnerability. And um, so that's on the on the kind of pop culture side. Mm-hmm. And I, in my you know in my home, my my dad who who I love I love dearly. He was he was a is less now but was definitely that stoic guy yeah i never i've got a a story that i'll go into later but i as a kid i never saw him cry i never saw him sad not once nope i never saw i never saw him angry I did see him angry, but what he would say about anger is that it's a, it's a useless emotion. Oh, it's, okay. it's an unnecessary emotion. So, so you grew up thinking anger was like wrong, bad. Or yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And, but he would, he would get angry, but he wouldn't shout and yell, okay. you know, and he wouldn't like, he wouldn't kind of hit us, but we always knew when he was pissed off because he just would like, um, kind of just brood and we would like feel the stock out. Yeah. So you would express it so much, but you, it's almost like an energy yeah. you kids could pick up on that like death. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And anger is a perfectly natural emotion. Um, you know, how we, ex- how we express it might. That's a choice. That's a choice. And that might cause problems in how it comes out. But anger is a, is a natural emotion. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pressure on men to really suppress their feelings and suppress their vulnerability. And 
the the messages the messages that we that we get as kids um, are you know don't cry don't be a sissy yeah. don't be a pussy why are you being a bitch mm -hmm. um, and the risk the risk of showing vulnerability is fucking huge as a young man you mean as a young man as a child and as a young man and what's the risk exactly just the listener the risk is that if um if you're say if you're a a teenager yeah. a teenage boy and you cry because you hurt yourself or mm -hmm. you get hurt um the chances are you're going to get teased bullied beat up even maybe beat up yeah. mocked for that if you don't if you don't carry yourself right, right you risk that if you if you have more effeminate posturing yeah that could happen if your voice is too light and high and sing-songy you can get that when i remember when um i before I lived in Canada, there was a, there was a trip I, I took here in my early 20s and um, I was at a party with friends. Okay. And I was sitting with my legs crossed. So like my legs crossed like above my knee. Yeah. Uh -huh. And um, there was right this, <laughs> right. And yeah. there was this guy who, who, I, who I liked, he was, a, he was a friend of mine. And he was like, oh yeah, we, we have a word for people who sit like that. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, fag. I'm like, Wow. Okay. And he, and he, in your young 20s, you said. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. even continued out of middle school and high school, you're still facing repercussions for even just yeah. legs crossed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's intense. And these messages are, are consistent and long term. And so we grow, and I'm, I'm generalizing, of course but we grow to just suppress our mm -hmm. vulnerability yeah. just in general. So that puts a blanket often on our entire emotional range, not just sadness, um, you know, not, not just some of those um, softer emotions, but right. all of them. And I know we're going to get onto this, but you know, if we, if we, you know, if you put <laughs> If you put down pressure, if you exert enough pressure, those feelings don't go away. They just start manifesting in different ways and they come out sideways in ways that, you know, I'm not aware of that I'm shouting this loudly or I'm not aware that I'm engaging in this behavior because I haven't really felt my anger about this thing or my sadness about this thing over here. Wow. So it's, it's... That just feels huge right there. Okay. I just want to repeat this for the listener. This blanket that gets put on men's emotions, it doesn't make them disappear. They're still going. What Matt's saying is they're still going to show up. And for a lot of my men listeners, some of the questions I get from you, which sometimes look like, I have this anger that comes out and I don't know where it came from or why. And yeah. it comes out at my partner and I don't want that. Yeah. Uh, this just feels huge. Like, oh, okay. Right. Perhaps because of this, this blanket effect you talk about. Now they're coming out sideways, like you say, right? Yeah. Uncontrolled, without explanation. Yeah. And I yeah. think men suffer there. With yeah, them. definitely. And 
there's another piece to this as well, which is the um, it's and it's related to feminism and the empowerment of women. Um, and so I want to want to choose my words carefully here, and I want to you know, and I want to state that um, feminism is positive, and female empowerment is positive, mm -hmm. and what I'm about to say isn't against against those things okay. but in the in the shift in society as women have achieved more equality and esther perel talks about this in a really beautiful way that the women's women's strengths have begun to dictate more and more how places of work how social interactions take place. So one of women's strengths is emotional attunement mm. and the ability to talk about their feelings, yeah. their, their way of um, connecting emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, so those have become more important values in, in much of our society. And that's a place where, where we as men have had like no fucking education at all. Right. You guys are like preschool so, in this category and we're like graduates. <laughs> completely. Yeah. Completely. Mm -hmm. So as these, you know, as these shifts occur and um and there's more, you know, there's more there's more women in in the workplace, um, there's more women in decision making positions, um, there's women earning as much as their guys or sometimes more. Um, there are choices being made about who stays at home with the with you know with young kids yep. um and the, you know there's so conversations are happening in you know in all these areas and expectations um in relationships from from women that um you know that that their men can just meet them meet them where they are yeah yeah i actually so what i hear a lot from women <laughs> is something like I want a strong, protective provider who can also divulge his deepest fears to me and is sensitive and, and you know, yeah. can share all of his emotions with me. Yeah. So I'm curious because I hear that a lot. It's like I want right. the traditional male role. I want him to protect me. I want him to provide. I want him to take me out to dinner. But I also want him to be very soft and sensitive and yeah. you know, share his emotions. How does this land for men out there? when they hear this type of like kind of tall order coming from women of like yes. what we want now men it's not good enough just to provide you also got to be in tune with your emotions yeah yeah i know it's like you know there's part of me there's part of me that's like fucking pick one just pick <laughs> one <laughs> you can't have it all lady. <laughs> yeah. which do you want right um and then the other the other part is the other side is is this is a tremendous opportunity for men mm. to get in touch with this with this part of themselves because there's because there's richness there and there's also help there yeah. and you know this where you the, the the facts are coming out that the stress that we carry in our body and i'm going to take a step back and say you know there's stress that's caused by emotions that aren't expressed right that what we're carrying in our body can lead to actual illness actual 
physical okay. illness and mental illness too. So for men, the opportunity there is to engage um, with ourselves emotionally um, and it's good, it's good for our health. Um, you know, you ask, how does that, how does that land for men? And it's like, <laughs> have you ever worked retail or in a bar or something like that? I was a bartender for six years. Yeah. Right. Okay. So like if, if on the first day of your job, they've been, you know, they'd shown you the, the venue, like here's yeah. the taps, here's the till, yeah. um, you know, here's how you here's how you do your job and you're like okay i got that got that got that got that like i've done yeah. this before and they're like great one more thing it's all going to be in danish you have to speak danish okay so <laughs> <laughs> i'm almost getting that it's like a different language for men it is emotional it is. uh communication essentially yeah yeah and as, as guys, we're coming into a relationship, um, and, and as we know, usually at the beginning of the relationship, like things are really easy. Right. Conversations easy, connections easy. It kind of takes care of itself. Mm. And then when we're, and then when, and you know, and also the, the very prevalent fantasy of relationship is that it's just going to continue that way. Right. And um, so as as guys, we we go in, we have that amazing honeymoon period and it's like, there's, I'm good at this. This is all fine. Um, what's, what's required of me is what I'm showing up with. And then as the, as the relationship progresses into this different stage, it's like, oh, there's expectations of me that I had no fucking clue about. Not only did I have no clue about them, I don't know how to meet those expectations either. So it can be a really disorienting yeah. experience of where, what is going on. Um, and, and, <laughs> and that's also feeds into this bigger experience of being out in the world as a man mm -hmm. and, um, being unsure of what what my role is as, as a man now because because it's 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 still shifting but it's been shifting in you know in a couple of generations now so again back to the um empowerment of women um it's the the, the traditional masculine role model which is still really prevalent i mean it's slowly being redefined right but, but it's still there it's still there it's still yeah kind of the expectation and that's the um, kind of provider care like i'll provide and be strong for you yeah i'll provide i'll be strong for you i'll fix stuff yep. um and that's that's what my contribution is right so, so yeah so, so i'm so it's almost like that's that's what men expect like that's what they expect is expected of them so yeah. We kind of go back to that reference you made with or the metaphor you made with working in a bar they walk in you're showing on the taps like okay you're gonna provide you're gonna be strong and they're like yep yep this all makes sense yeah and the ball gets dropped when it's like oh and it's all gonna be in danish aka yeah. men oh also i need you to be deeply in touch with your emotions and i need you to share your deepest fears and vulnerability yeah. with me always yeah and that's when men kind of maybe deer in the headlights like uh oh yeah 
Yeah. I was signing up for that kind of yeah, thing. Ex- yeah. And, and I, I want to run this by you too. I, is, is there an ex- expectation from women that men are, are in touch with their emotions and are in touch with their vulnerability and are just choosing not to show it to, their, to the women in their life? Yes. And you touched okay. on this so beautifully. I was going to come back to this, but we went on a tangent. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll just say it now because it came up. So what is the biggest challenge for men when it comes to intimacy? What Matt shared is identifying and feeling their feelings is the biggest challenge. And I just want to highlight that because I think most of us women assume that expressing their feelings is the biggest challenge. So we assume that, oh, you can identify your feelings. You just choose not to share them with me. And what you so beautifully highlighted right in the beginning of this podcast is no, 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 no. The challenge is actually even identifying those feelings. Yeah. So it's like not so much that you guys are trying to shut us out or anything, but it's more like, I don't even know how to express what's happening in here. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really basic. It's really fucking basic. It's like, I don't know where. So if, you know, if we're in a relationship and you come to me and say, you know, how are you feeling? What, you know, what's going on for you? I might actually not have, I might not actually know. Right. I might not have the, 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 the language, like the physiological language to identify what those feelings in my body are right that what i'm feeling is sadness mm. and, a, and a and a word to name what i'm feeling and and then i have to be feel safe enough to be vulnerable enough to actually tell you so there's at least three three steps there to me saying oh i'm feeling I'm feeling sad or, you know, I'm feeling kind of fucked up about this thing. Yeah. And we're not, we're not like, we're not like, Oh, like I know exactly how I'm feeling and I'm just choosing not to tell you. It's like, I don't have the fucking words. I don't know where to begin. I'm confused right now. Mm. And I'm feeling kind of under pressure and I'm feeling you have this expectation of me that I can't meet. Um, So I'm just going to like shut the fuck down even more. Right. And so women, if you're listening, what Matt just described is typically what's happening, but your man might not actually say, you know what, I'm feeling confused. I don't know. I feel like how this normally manifests is, I don't know, or I'm fine or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Because that's going to be less vulnerable to just say, I'm fine. Or like, I don't really know. than to say, you know what, honestly, man, I'm feeling confused. I don't know how to identify what's going on. That's going to feel scary for a man to just share that maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You- Okay. Yeah. I want to, yeah. what I'm trying to get at here, women, I want to kind of open up the space for you to have a little bit of just understanding and compassion for the men in your life. If you've gone around thinking, oh, he just won't share his feelings with me. Maybe we could take this chance now to rewrite that story and say, oh, actually, maybe he doesn't even know how to answer that question. And that's why he's not sharing. Yeah. And I feel like with men who are, I'm curious what you think about this. Is this even more relevant with men who are like really deeply engaged in work that they care about? Um, Cause I hear from a lot of women, they'll come home and their, their man's in their creative project, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And 
they'll come and say, Hey, how was your day? Tell me how you're feeling. And that's when they'll kind of like, Oh, it was fine. And they'll go back to their work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so we talk about this for a minute. Cause I think this is something, yeah, I just, I hear from women a lot. Do you know, like all he cares about is his work. You know, what's, what's happening for men there and what's up with men in their work. And like, why are they so damn passionate about their problems? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, take a stab. I'll, I'll take a stab at this. There's a couple of things that come to mind. Okay. One is, um, one of our, one of our strengths as men is the ability to focus. And it's the, it's the ability to detach from our emotions. And, um, you know, if we, if, we t- if we take a minute and just look back at the, at the history of, of humankind and the role of, the role of the man and the role of the woman. So um, mo- many women, again, have become pregnant. And whilst they're pregnant, whilst they have young children, they're going to need the protection yeah. of the people who are available and that's most likely men and i know this is you know i know this is very very general but for millennia this is how it's predominantly been i know there are exceptions and i know there's nuances but just to generalize so um so men have been able so if if men are to go to war or to go hunting to go to go out to leave the community and go out we want to be able to control our emotions we want to be able to focus we want to be able to stay in the in the fire of of a fight in the fire of a of a hunt so very helpful to get emotional in the midst of no no so it makes sense that men wouldn't want to yes and it's and it's goal oriented so there's an immediate result to it um and that's really that's really appealing to us i do i do a b and c and i get and i get d it's a very it's a very satisfying linear logical place for men to be in Mm -hmm. so that's one part of it the other part of it is that's connected, it's, I think it's harder for men than women to shift from one task to another. You know, there's the generalization about women are great at multitasking and making these connections. Men are really good at monotasking. Yeah. (laughs) Really good at it. We can nail that one project. (laughs) Just give us the one thing and we're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're gonna fix it. Exactly. Yeah. So when, when the woman comes into the room and she starts asking questions, mm. I think what can happen, it's like the man is like, I'm doing my thing. Yep. And I'm in this mode. I'm in this frame of mind. I'm on this track. And I don't want to shift from that until I get, get the task done or reach the goal. You know, if, if, whether it's a big goal or a small goal. Um, no. I think, and I think what can work, and, and maybe this would be helpful uh, to, to the listeners, is if the woman asks, do you have five minutes? Or let me know when you're going to have time to connect with me. Mm, yeah. And the man can also say, 
hey babe, I'm busy right now. I'll be with you in half an hour. I just need to get this done. Yep. Versus just the, the woman coming in and just starting off unloading, unloading on the assumption that the man <laughs> wants to listen and is able to listen. Right, those are two assumptions that may right. not be true. So I'm almost and, hearing you describe like setting context before you just, so ladies, if, <laughs> to the ladies who need to just come home and just kind of bleh all over their partner. And like yeah. Matt said, assume that they're available and or interested in this conversation right now. Yeah. So I'm kind of hearing you describe like setting a little context, like, hey babe, do you have 10 minutes and do you think it's even helpful to outline what the conversation will be about? Like, is this going to be a quick, like, I had an issue with someone at work or like, I need to talk about us. Is it helpful for the man to know what the conversation is going to entail or does it not really matter? I, I, think, I think it's helpful. Um, if it's just a, a kind of how's your day, this is what happened to me. I, you know, like, can, you know, can you let me know, you know, when you're available just to, you know, connect at the end of the day? Right. You know, or if it's like, this really big thing happens and I really need to just, you know, either vent um, or share or get some feedback. I mean, I think that's helpful to know because, you know, the, if I heard that, I'd be like, okay, if we're just talking about the day, then like I can wait till dinner or this evening. Yeah. If it's, if it's a, some, you know, something happened, um, something big, big happened. It's like, okay, like I can, okay, I'll like, let, give me 10 minutes to just get yeah. to the point where I can step away. So that would, yeah, that would be helpful, that context. Okay. Cause then maybe, yeah, the man might make time sooner if he knows it's something yeah. pressing for you that you really need to talk about versus yeah, just catching up. We could do that over dinner or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I know there might be an interpretation of this, which is if he's not, willing to listen to me immediately that means he doesn't care mm, thank you yeah what what the opportunity here is or what what the what the reframe of that is is if i go in and ask my man when is he going to be available for a conversation yeah. he's actually going to show up more able to listen to me he's going to show up more available to me, to our relationship, than me just going in and blurting out whatever it is. Does that? I love does that. that. Make sense? I essentially hear because you're you're thinking, okay, women out there are thinking, perhaps, well, if he can't just make time for me in the moment, he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And so you're saying, okay, that's one way to look at it, but think of it this way: if you just come in and there's no context set, and you essentially don't get his buy-in that he's available yeah. for the conversation. You're going to yeah. have a conversation with a half present. I, I could talk about this all the time, like a wall. It's like, cool. Okay. Yeah. You have your conversation with a wall. Yeah. They, yeah. they didn't get the time they needed to be present versus if you're willing to say, when are you available? Let's, let's agree upon a time. Is it 10 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? Is it tomorrow? Yeah. Now you're going to wait a little bit, but you're going to have an engaged conversation with someone who has agreed to be present. And that's likely going to be more fulfilling for you as the speaker. Is that yeah you're saying yeah yeah I think that's huge um, if you guys have been listening to me for a while you know I talk about this but it's like that's why I talk about setting context before conversations and getting the listeners buy-in that they're actually available for that because even me as a woman sometimes this happens I'm right in the middle of like 
something I'm just, I'm flowing, you know, I'm in the middle of something creative yeah. and Warren comes in the room and, oh, I want to hear him because I'm, you know, I'm that nurturing. I, I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to be with you right now, but I, I know I can't. Like, if you start talking right now, I'm actually just going to be thinking about this thing I'm already working on. And so me and him will say, okay, I'll come, I'll come find you in 20 minutes. Let me finish this, you know, this. Game. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you guys are hearing how big this is. It's not just me who talks about setting context. <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> it does make a difference. Um, yeah, that's it's, huge. Yeah, it's helped, it's helped my wife and I as well. Mm. Um, it, it really just, uh, just helps those interactions between us. Right. Because if you're a woman carrying around a story that says, my guy doesn't care about me because he can't make time for me the minute I need it. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, that's a damaging story to your relationship, right? Yeah. So I'm hearing like, you can rewrite that story and you can say, no, I know he cares. And I know he's just a man really into what he's doing right now. And I can hold space for that. Yeah. Agree upon. Make some new. Yeah. 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 That feels really powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Um, just like a really practical reframe for some of our listeners out there. Okay. So Continuing on because we have so much. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about shame. Mm -hmm. I think a this isn't spoken about a lot, and I know for a fact both men and women deal with shame. Yeah, and I know just men and shame in itself is a is a huge conversation. And so, um, you know, maybe you could start with just saying like shame versus guilt. Maybe identifying mm -hmm. that for people, and yeah. then. You know, where does shame come from in men, in your experience? And then I, I don't want to overload you, but like, how does it affect them in relationship? You know? Yeah. 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 This is a really, this is a really good, good topic. And, it, and I, I want to just say and agree with you, men don't have any particular right to shame over women. I don't think there's, I don't think men experience more shame than women do. I don't think... Um, one gender is shamed more or less than the others. I think it can show up differently. Yeah. Um, so for, for men, for our side of things, it, it, okay, so the difference between guilt and shame. So guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is there's something wrong with me. Okay. So where do we get the messages that there's something wrong with ourselves as men? That I'm, I'm not right. I think part of it is the emotional suppression. Mm -hmm. Don't cry. Don't be sad. Um, hang on. I wrote some things down here and I just wanted to yeah make sure um okay so it can take just a few words to shame somebody and usually we're shamed without it's not intentional but right. you're you're a bad boy you're a bad girl what's wrong with you mm. what were you thinking of why are you sad in a judgmental way why are you so angry right these are messages that we all hear as children and but there are there are way worse ones yeah uh-huh because like to, children bad boy bad girl i mean i yeah. 
have, um, I feel like a lot of us have heard that. Yeah. Right now, totally. Versus, you know, when you, when you threw that plate, that was, you shouldn't have done that. Versus you're bad. So that's almost the guilt. Okay, so that's a good distinction for the listener. Yeah. I think it's like hitting your sister, that's not okay. So you yeah. might have guilt for that. Yes. That action's not okay. Yeah. You're bad because you hit your sister. That's shame. That's yeah. the person that's, bad instead of the behavior. That's right. There's something okay. wrong with you. Yep. So we, we hear that. We, we internalize that. Yeah. And then, so, and then, we, then we add on to that for, for men. Um, don't cry. Don't be sad. Mm. And so those are, you know, sadness, grief. Those are real natural emotions. So it's, it's like, you shouldn't, so I shouldn't be feeling this essential part of myself. So if I, if I'm feeling that, maybe I'm bad for, for feeling that. So just to put this in a scenario, if you're a young boy and let's, I'm just making this up, but let's say you witnessed a good friend of yours, like getting beat up on the playground. And so you come home and you're sad because you just saw your friend get beat up. You couldn't help him. And you're, and you're experiencing the sadness. And let's say dad comes around and says, why are you sad? Like pull up the bootstraps, young one. And let's move along. In that moment, that kid instantly feels, Oh, I shouldn't feel this way. It's wrong for me feel this way and so that's the shame right yeah yeah suck it up yeah suck it up man up (sighs) yeah wow nut up it's um yeah it's like oh shit yeah right fuck fuck all right okay i'm okay it's fine i'm okay yeah fuck fuck that person that guy's a who did that's a dick so it kind of becomes anger because anger's more like manly uh, yeah it's more man manly it's more permitted um um you were talking about how you would never see arnold schwarzenegger cry but you've definitely seen him angry i've seen him angry you know yeah yeah glorified almost like you're a big strong yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we have we you know we have we have license for that and then also also what's in there too is um and this goes back to what i was saying earlier which is the the societal messages as well that um, with the with, with feminism and the empowerment of women, um, part of that revolution has involved the redefinition of what is okay with male behavior. And that's definitely a fucking important conversation. Um, and I feel like we're in a really confusing time right now. Um, yeah. And as, as women have, have had come to have more influence over previously male dominated spaces, um, the requirements of men, are, of men have changed and are changing. Um, and some of that can be around our emotionality. So there is, so sometimes anger is, isn't, okay like i don't want my man to be angry i don't want him to show his anger because it's because it's intimidating to me um i'd rather talk i'd rather use the skills that i'm proficient at um to engage with so that can be confusing for men as well just some of those messages around like oh i can't i can't show up in that kind of old school masculine 
ideal. Yeah, um, because so, of the so, new age push for yeah, that's what you mean. Yeah. So that then there's the you know then there's the nice guy uh, model, which is the guy who's who's kind of softer. He's not. He doesn't get angry. Um, you know, he's he's sort of more um, kind of diet sort of dialed down on all those masculine traits. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that was that was that was seen as like highly desirable for a while. Like that was like the new age man. I was going to say that reminds me of man. Kind of man yeah the thing is that's what people order but then when they're in it what i see in my practice is like well i'm not attracted to my boyfriend yeah why's you know, the fire missing that, uh, yeah. that male masculine energy and so it's like you yeah. got what you asked for but yeah missing for a lot yeah. of yeah yeah totally it's confusing right it's confusing for both sides because the guy's like i thought this was this was what was desirable. This is what's, what I've been told right. is, need, is needed because that old school model's fucked. Yeah. Um, so like I'm showing up this way and like my relationships aren't working out at all. Yes. And this, I feel this, we don't have to go into this too much, but I did actually write this down and, and it really ties in. But like, I feel like a lot with the, so the recent like Me Too movement, right? Yeah. Women. Yeah. That and I'm curious what you think about it, but what I see is, oh my God, men are scared to be that kind. Cause like for me personally, in terms of my sexual desires, I like my, my, like Warren is like the more dominant energy in our sexual dynamic. And I like that. And like, he'll, he'll grab me and you know, it can get kind of forceful sometimes, but it's, it's sexy. And yeah. so with the me too movement, I'm, I'm sitting here just observing this and you know, I just, for the listeners, like I, I have experienced sexual abuse. So I'm not speaking from this place of, I'm not trying to shame the women out there. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you ladies. And how does that affect men? Because now it's like non-consent. If you, if you even hit on a woman and she didn't ask for it, that's not consent. Right. And so yeah. I'm curious, like what men are feeling. It, it's it comes up. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm married. I'm not out there right. dating or engaged in that stuff. Um, but what I see, uh, so first of all, like the Me Too movement is absolutely essential. Agreed. Absolutely essential. I think it's so, oh, I know it's so important that it's, that it's happening and, and that it's a sustained movement and it's changing the conversation. Mm, yeah. And it's part of, and it, and it is confusing for men because we are having to relearn what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. I remember uh, a, a good friend of mine, she was talking about her, her dad who's retired now, but he was, um, he was a boss in the, company he worked he worked at and she was saying some of the things this is back in like the 70s and 80s that he would say to his secretary okay. um, yeah. just as just jokingly you know oh. just as a greeting or whatever totally. and and um at the time that was acceptable right and today it would be a, a fireable offense or a you know, suspense worthy offense yeah and so 
and it goes back to this traditional male role model that is still you know was prevalent and is, is still somewhat prevalent and how a lot of us men learned to be with women and to approach women and so it's confusing now and um so let's let's connect as well confusion shame and the inability to feel and identify our emotions so that confu that confusion that i'm experiencing but i'm not really i'm not really identifying it i'm not really sitting with it i'm not really exploring with it that can transmute into anger okay. um, and when i'm angry it's really easy for me to blame um, right. and i, I and I think that's partly why we're seeing a lot of rise in the 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 the, the, the other type of men's groups and the other type of men's movements, where it's really about um, holding women responsible for our pain and our discomfort and air quotes, what's wrong with with society? Um, does, does that? So there's. Does that I make think sense? I think so, because okay. I, that was news to me about those other men, men's groups. I didn't even know about that, but I'm hearing like, there's this other kind of, this other movement happening where uh, men are essentially identifying how the pressures and expectations from women, and then the messages and pressures from society have essentially, in their minds, created their shame. Is that what you... I'm Yes, the... the you know the responsibility is not on me as a man you know the the that's not let me just reframe that so the reason i'm feeling confused the reason i'm feeling angry is because the women have changed the rules okay yes so that's the blame piece you're talking about when i yeah. get angry then i can start to blame yeah so if i can't if i can't find a date if i keep getting shunned um, t turned away, told I'm saying the wrong thing, told I'm approaching wrong. It's like, it's not my fault. It's women's fault. Right. Um, because of their, you know, because of feminism, because of this stuff, like okay. it's, so it, it becomes us be them. And then you have this other extreme side of women saying, well, men just can't show up and they can't be there for me, and they can't hold space for yeah. my emotions. Should I just be a lesbian? Yeah. Fuck it. And, yeah, seriously. And then you have us here trying to say, okay, men over there and women over yeah. there. We yeah. both. Both of your pain is valid. And can we just attempt to understand each other more yeah. on a fundamental yeah. level so that we can actually just say, oh, you're this way because you're this way, and not because yeah. you're or you fucked up or you can't figure it out yeah um, that, I just I just feel relieved hearing that just yeah. yes let's try and find a right. way to, to listen to one another right what, that's what this conversation is about people yeah yeah and one thing uh hearing you say that brought uh brought to mind was again Esther Perel who's, who's, who's mm. brilliant and one of the things she mentions and I think it's in a TED talk was um as we as we've shifted to these 
smaller units of community that, you know, from the tribe, there was the tribe, there was the village, and through industrialization, mm-hmm. we slowly shifted into these tiny units of two, two people. And we expect one another to deliver what the village and the tribe used to deliver. So what was, what was spread amongst the multitude of people for our, for our nurturance, for our protection, for our debate, for our decision-making, intellectual stimulation, intellectual stimulation, physical stimulation, you know, sport, like exercise, child rearing, providing, you know, there was a whole web that provided all that. And now it's just you and me. It's just you and me. Yes. So. She talks about this. I think the way she says it is, what was once provided by an entire community, we now expect from a single person. Yes. Like that. And yes. so that just really speaks to the weight of relationships these days. Yes. I love and appreciate her work on this. This actually helped me in my own relationship. Um, I'll just share a little tidbit because I think this could be helpful for some of the listeners out there. But I being 26 in, in, in kind of this new age paradigm and I came into my current relationship expecting exactly what you just said. I want you to be strong. I want you to provide. I also want you to emotionally connect with me. I want to have intellectual stimulating conversations. I want to, you know, create together and inspire one another. And, you know, then eventually I want a family and a home together. And so I, I had a lot on my on my expectation list. And um, frankly, it was destroying my relationship from the inside out because he, like you said, and now I understand even more, he couldn't even identify these emotions I was expecting him to express. Um, And so what I learned from this basically is I said, you know what, this whole, like, I need you to be my emotional backboard that I can like play off my projections and thoughts on. And I want you to give me your input. I actually don't need that from you. Right. I, realized. I was like, wait, I don't need that from you. Um, I actually have a really solid network of women in my yeah. life and they're great at that and they love doing it. And when I see yeah. them, they want me to tell them about that stuff. So yeah. why do I have to go to this man who's like, Oh God, please don't ask me to <laughs> emotional input. Yes. And make him be that guy for me. I don't. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I think everyone yeah. can just get a dose of this. Like, what if we just lower the expectations we have on our relationships? Yeah. I think that right there can be, and depending on the relationship, you're, you might need more, but that right there yeah. can be transformative. As yeah. I yeah, absolutely. And it's confronting because there's, there's a story that comes up for me. It's like, oh, well, that relationship isn't right yep. because it doesn't fit into the fantasy, the fantasy. Of, of what it should, should be. Right. Um, you know, it's one of those shoulds that kicks us in the arse yeah i I almost hear it's like maybe before you can shift your expectations the first step is like you have to rewrite that story that fantasy oh nice yeah what my relationship is um yeah so yeah for you listeners that might be a good first step if you're like huh that's me i do put a lot of weight on my relationship maybe you go get your journal or whatever it is go get your friend and you work on rewriting that 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 fantasy and then from you can shift your expectations. Nice. Yeah. 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 Thank you for bringing that up. That's, that's huge. Um, okay. So I have like four questions left. So I'm, and we'll see how well we do this, but maybe we can okay. attempt to do it laser style as All much right. as 
can as I'm just noticing the time. Um, but I think these are all good. So we'll see what we can get through. Um, okay. So this one just, I have to bring it up because it's such a thing, but I hear this all the time from my women clients. I just want him to know what I need without me having to tell him. Why can't he do that? <laughs> and so, you know, I'd love to know your thoughts and I'll just say to, to kick, it, kick it off, you know, women, we are kind of these intuitive beings. And so we are the type who will look at our partner and know from the look on his face that, oh, he needs me right now or he needs me to go away. Or, um, so I think that plays into this expectation, mm -hmm. but I'd love to know your kind of laser thoughts on that classic dynamic of, well, I just, if he can't figure out what I need without me telling him, then he doesn't really know me or he doesn't really care. What do you think about this? <laughs> I think it's it's a fantasy yeah unfortunately yeah it may happen the odd time right and we may as men if we do this work we may get to a point where we're we're able to to, to show up that way and to be attuned that way and for sure some some men are absolutely yeah. Um, but until we, until we're able to really get in touch with our feelings, really understand them and really feel them, mm -hmm. um, that level of attunement is a way off. And the man is going to, <laughs> so there's this loop here. So if, if, if a woman is expecting that, the man is going to sense that expectation mm -hmm. and sense the disappointment when he doesn't show up that way. And then that's going to feed his shame that he can't talk about. Um, and he's, you know, he's going to get angry or he's going to shut down in, the, in another way. So there's a, there's a pretty hardwired loop in there for, yeah. you know, for those of us who aren't doing that work. And even when we are doing that work, it's, it's, it's so hardwired. It's, it's, it's a journey to, to rewire. Yes. Okay, so I love the highlighting of that loop. And so ladies, I'm just gonna give you a one-liner here. Ask for what you need. Yeah. And that's gonna go way better than expecting him to pick up and attune to you like you do to him because that's just one of our superpowers as women. Yeah. We are extremely attuned and intuitive. And so maybe just own that as your women's superpower and then, yeah. you know, and then don't expect your man to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's perfect. And nice and laser. If you, <laughs> if you, if you ask him for what, what he needs, he will understand that straight away. Right. And, and I have a story that, you know, for the most part, like the, my man wants to give me what I need. It, it feeds yeah. his sense of, I can provide for you. So yeah. the other piece of this is what I hear from men so much is, yeah, I wish she would just tell me what she needs because I would give it to her times 10. Mm -hmm. But I just don't know how to, to pick it up, you know, from her yeah. nonverbal cues. Um, so yeah, that's great. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Um, maybe you can just speak briefly, and I think we've touched on this throughout the conversation, so I don't know how much more you have to add, but mm -hmm. just the challenges of kind of having a problem solver mentality, which is, I feel like what men often have, and then also trying to be vulnerable at the same time and like hold those two together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 
again, it feels like two two different modalities in the in the relationship. So, um, and one I'm probably I'm probably better at than the other. Yep. Um, so I need I need time to I need time to shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also may need time to actually learn to be to be vulnerable and to be able to attune to you that way. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it feels like being both at the same time when I go back and think of, okay, men going out for the hunt and they need to find a kill to feed their family. And so now you're in problem solving mode. Like my family needs to eat. So I'm going to solve it and go find the kill. That's not a good time to be vulnerable. No, you need to be strong. You don't want to be vulnerable when you're facing a Buffalo or a saber tooth tiger. So it almost feels to me like doing the two at the same time is like a, like you can't. It's really, it's really difficult. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So just thinking about this in terms of from, you know, the man's, the man's experience of the modern relationship. It's like, okay, you want me to be vulnerable in touch with my emotions, able to have this emotional literacy um, between us. And you also want me to be the, the type of person who can go go to the neighbor upstairs, the big scary guy upstairs, and tell him to turn his fucking music down. Yep. Like, you want both those things. Like it's at the same time. <laughs> it's a lot. It is. It's a lot. Yeah. Okay. So everyone hear that? It's a lot to ask. <laughs> just just take that. Um and, and I even want to say one more thing. Maybe for the women out there, and this is a journey I've gone through in my own relationship, is like, see if you can actually find ways to appreciate that problem solver. I think sometimes as, as women, we can take it for granted. I'll just give a quick example. My truck, I have a, I have a truck that's older than me. So it has maintenance problems all the time. Yeah. And I don't know what the fuck to do unless I'm changing a tire or pumping the, or cleaning the brake line. That's about as far as my car knowledge goes. My partner, Warren, in an instant can go out there, look in the engine, analyze, figure out what's wrong, get the part and have it fixed within a day. And so, you know, I, I think that it's easy for us women to take advantage of this stuff and forget how nice that is. Like women, just right. remember, you don't want to go out in the snow and fix your truck. You know, you don't. <laughs> I'm always so grateful he's doing that. And so I just, I want to invite you women to think about maybe even the small ways or the big ways that your men show your man shows up constantly in terms of problem solving and, you know, taking care of the noisy neighbor or whatever it is and just cultivate some genuine gratitude for that and be like, Oh yeah, he does show up in his way a lot. Um, yeah. Next so on that invitation to women out there who are listening. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So we, you and I spoke earlier on a totally different call kind of about um, giving men permission to truly feel and express their feelings. And we've talked about how, you know, a lot of men haven't felt that permission given how they were raised and societal messages. And so, you know, my big question here is I've talked to some men where it's like, Oh, that sounds like a dream come true. Just having permission to feel Mm -hmm. my stuff. And then I've spoken to other men where it's like, Oh my God, 
that sounds like a nightmare. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> if someone, yeah. I give you permission and space to just feel what you want to feel right now. Some men would want to run for the hills while other men are, I've heard say that sounds like a dream. So yeah. what's up with that discrepancy? Why, why does that sound so great for some and terrible for others? I would guess that the ones who it sounds like a dream to are, are men who are in touch with their emotions and they do have exactly. emotional literacy and yeah. maybe they have, they have that sensitivity, okay. but they have never been given permission before. So it's like, oh, fuck, I feel this stuff. I know what it is and I can actually express it now and talk about it now. Okay. And then the, the, the second group of, of men who wants to run for the hills or shut down is, yeah. is the man who doesn't have that literacy, isn't able to identify his emotions, yeah. hasn't had experience of talking about his his feelings right um so i think i think that's possibly the the the, the cause the of that there. discrepancy yeah. yeah that makes sense because if you don't have the emotional literacy like we talked about earlier just the confusion of that invitation could be enough to make you want to quote unquote run for the hills right yeah absolutely but you don't know how to do what you're asking what you're giving yeah yeah deer in the headlights yep yep yeah. Um, okay, sweet. And so this brings us to our final question for this interview. And um, this is because I want to leave men who are listening and who are really kind of vibrating with what you're saying and like, yeah, you know what, I, man, I do want to get in touch with this stuff. I know I've got the feelings moving through. And um, so what can men do today, right now, this week, to begin the process of getting in touch with their emotions and to achieving healthy emotional expression that doesn't blow them out. And yeah. then, you know, and then like, why would they want to maybe for the man who's like, I don't know, I get it, but why would I even want that kind of works okay. for not be in touch, you know? <laughs> Those are good, good questions. Good yeah. questions. So there's, there's, what can a man do? So there's a, there's a couple of things. What worked for me, and I know I've seen, I've witnessed has worked for other men too, is joining a men's group. Not one of these men's groups that we were talking about earlier, which is about shifting the responsibility of how I'm feeling onto women and society. Um, but it's a men's group that's going to focus on, on accountability, mm -hmm. authenticity, and honesty. Yeah. So instead of like, how do I show up as a man? Like, how do I have to carry myself? What do I have to say? What do I have to, how do I have to approach women or not approach women? Where's a place where I can go to get in touch with those values of honesty, authenticity, and get some accountability around that. There's, um, there's two organizations that I know of. One is the Mankind Project. That's a global network of men's groups that originated in the US a couple of decades ago, maybe in the 70s. Um, so there are men sitting in groups all over the world under the Mankind Project. Okay, and so this would be accessible no matter where you are most likely. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Um, they have retreats as well. They have uh, what they call their Warrior Weekend, which is for new men who want to have an intense experience, almost a rite of passage uh, okay. into their masculinity. Okay. Then there's another group called Everyman, which is spelt E-V-R-Y-M-A-N. 
And I'll put which all is, this in the show notes for you listeners on these resources. Which is, it takes a, organizationally, it's, it's different, but it's, it's self-started men's groups. Um, it's very increasingly popular movement right now. And so there are men's groups cropping up in cities, mainly in North America, but um, beginning to around the world. They also hold retreats. Um, and so it's an everyman group that I co-started here in, in Toronto okay. and co-facilitate. We now have two groups because of the level of, of demand. Um, wow, that's awesome. I c- yeah, I can see the possibility of a, of a, of a third group. Wow. And, um, and it's a really good way to, to, for a man to be with other men, mm-hmm. to begin this work around understanding um, his emotions, his emotionality, exploring his vulnerability in a container, in a space that's safe and respectful and free of so much bullshit. Mm. So it's a really empowering, grounding space for yeah. men. Wow. And, um, and then the other way is, um, do you want to talk about the tip sheets now? Yeah, yeah let's just go into it now because why not? Um, so yeah, for you listeners, I'm excited. Me and Matt have a couple of exciting announcements. Um, so stay tuned right now. We're going to announce them right now. <laughs> <in case laughs> um, but yeah, why don't you go ahead and just tell them about the tip sheets we've created? Okay. So in preparing for this conversation, yeah. we've prepared a, a tip sheet for her and a tip sheet for him. Yeah. So Nikki did the tip sheet for her and I did the tip mm-hmm. sheet for him. Yeah. And my tip sheet is focused on, um, just some of what we've talked about in this conversation and what it leads to at the end is a simple exercise that men can do to begin to get in touch with their emotions and their emotionality. It's very simple. It's easy to follow and it will begin that journey and that exploration for you. Yes. So men, what I'm I'm hearing as a first step is download this tip sheet that Matt has created that is just going to be an amazing, easy to digest first kind of exposure and first steps into what are these feelings anyway? And how do I even begin to go there? Right. That's kind of what the tip sheet's about. And then the second piece I'm hearing is like finding community. Yeah. Important. I, I, and that seems to be what you were talking about the mankind and the every man. It's like, yeah, this is going to be a really difficult journey on your own, man, because yes. there is so much shame around it. And it's, it's a conversation that's frankly, in my opinion, not talking about enough. And so I'm hearing like, let's find community. Yeah. And that's going to, whether that be through a men's group, you know, one of the ones that Matt mentioned, or if you find something local, um, yeah. but like I'm really hearing a men's group. Could yeah. Be- yeah. And this, and this goes back to the point we were making earlier is like, let's not, depend entirely on our relationship to provide us with everything we need. So this men's group in your community and and kind of spread the weight of existence on more than just one person. Mm. And what's your tip sheet about Nikki? Yeah. So my tip sheet 
um, for you ladies. And of course you guys can download both if you want. Um, but for women, I've made a tip sheet that is basically about common areas of conflict that I see in relationships a lot. And then kind of how we can understand this differently, given this new understanding, if you've listened to this episode that you now have for men and how they operate in the world. Um, so my tip sheet is really about how can we actually hold a little more space and compassion for men in the context of intimate relationship, especially in this new age paradigm where we expect so much. Um, and just kind of breaking it down. So the goal is you'll read the tip sheet and you'll actually have a little more understanding for why your man is the way he is. And you'll be able to hold a little bit more compassion um, in some of these scenarios that commonly I feel trigger women into a story of how their men can't and won't show up and isn't doing enough and, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, these tip sheets, I'm going to have a link super obvious in the show notes. It'll be right at the top. I'll say, get your tip sheets here. You guys can click that link and it'll take you to a place where you can download the tip sheets. Um, so that's our first exciting announcement. Should we just go ahead and, and make the second announcement, Matt? Yes. And I want to come back to something else, but yes. Okay. We're going to come back to first. Okay. Um, let's just go with the announcement cause I'm already jazzed up. <laughs> Do so it. Do it. listeners, Matt and I have been working rigorously on this very, I'm so excited about this offering, you guys. I just feel that it's, it's going to speak to some of you um, so directly. And basically what we're offering is we're doing a four-week um, program. And so the program has two parts. Um, each week there's a, a teaching of sorts. So... Um, something that we'll be teaching, some kinds of tools, tricks, um, relationship reframes, if you will. And then the other half of each week is going to be this um, group coaching aspect. And so all participants of the program will have an opportunity to actually bring their real life relationship challenges to the circle. And me and Matt will both be there um, offering live coaching. So what do you want to tell them what it's called, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Unfuck Your Relationship Tools, Tips, and Coaching to Up Level Your Relationship Skills. Yes. And so um, each week is just loaded, you guys. Um, we have a whole week devoted to just communication tools and responsible speaking and attuned listening. Um, we have a whole nother week devoted to just the backbone of relationships and um, understanding, you know, why we attract partners that trigger the shit out of us, essentially. And um, we have one of the weeks I'm really excited about this week is essentially going to be kind of like this conversation, examining intimacy from the male perspective versus the female perspective, so that we can truly learn to understand each other more and judge each other less. Um, so yeah, each week is loaded. I'm I just, essentially, if you're a couple out there and you're struggling and, and you love each other and you both want and know you're going to make this relationship work, but you just need a little help. You need a little makeover, so to speak. Um, we've designed this so that it's four weeks. It's a short commitment. And basically what we're saying is in one month with us, you can up level and redesign your entire relationship. 
Do you have anything? Do you want to add anything, Matt? That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm also going to include a link in the show notes, um, which will take you directly to a place where you can apply for the program. Um, We have limited space because we want a small enough container where everyone can have a chance to receive coaching and we want the safety to be preserved. So there is limited space. And for my badass podcast listeners, because y'all are the shit and I love you so much, we are offering an early bird special. So what do you think, Matt? Two weeks after this airs, how long do you think we should offer the early bird? That sounds right. Two weeks. Okay. So two weeks after the day we air this. So that'll be in a couple days from now. um, You have two weeks to sign up at the early bird price. And I think we decided, did we decide on 20? Oh, we decided on a 25% discount. Is that right? I believe so. Okay. So um, the program itself is the full price is 400 for the four weeks. If you sign up for the early bird, you save a hundred bucks, 300 bucks for four weeks. And this is including live coaching with fucking two badass certified relationship coaches and this content that is truthfully going to change the game in your relationship. Um, So yeah, the link I provide you to will allow you to apply. And then when you apply, you will receive an email We'll hop on a quick Zoom call with you. We want to make sure this is a good fit for anyone who enters. And if we're like, yep, this is a good fit, we're both feeling it, uh, we'll hook you up with the early bird price. So waste no time. Click that link. I mean, apply. There's, there's, there's nothing to lose. Hop on a Zoom call with us and see if this is going to be that little up-leveling you need to make your relationship truly magnificent and fulfilling. Yeah. Nice. Cool. cool. Um, okay, you wanted to circle back to one more thing, and then after yeah. that, let everyone know where they can reach you. Yes. So you said, why would, why would a man want to do this work? Why would a man want to do the work about getting in touch with his emotions and improving his emotional literacy? Yep. It's a really good question, because it's going to be uncomfortable it's going to be uncomfortable yeah. feeling our emotions versus uh, suppressing them can be uncomfortable. It can feel unpredictable. It can feel a bit scary. So we do it because it's going to improve our health. As mentioned before, it's going to relieve us of some stress. It's going to relieve, our, relieve us of some anxiety. It's going to make us feel lighter in our bodies. And it's also clear from this conversation and many others that our women are longing for us to be able to connect with them more emotionally. So if, we're, if we as men are able to connect with ourselves emotionally, it means we're more available for emotional connection with other people. Um, and that includes the, the women and the partners in our lives. Mm. And so we're going to... We're going to be enriching our relationships, which is a really powerful thing. Ah, and right. And thank you for that. Yeah. And also just to share, share a story shortly after I started 
doing this work myself, there were two, two things that happened. One, my uncle was dying. He was a very wow. dear uncle to me and he knew that he was going. So I flew over, uh, I flew back to England mm-hmm. to see him before he died. Yeah. And I was able to share with him my feelings for him and the good memories I had of him in a way that I don't think I would have been able to before. And we had, we had a proper goodbye and it was really fulfilling and necessary. And then also, um, a few years after that, my, my grandmother died, my dad's mother. Yeah. So this is my dad who had been very emotionally closed off, who I hadn't seen mm. cry or show his sadness yeah. um, or show his emotional vulnerability. Um, after the funeral service, so we were still in the chapel. Mm-hmm. And um, he, so people, people were leaving and we, we had a, we had a hug and he started crying on my shoulder. And it was this incredible experience for me. Um, And I was aware that, again, I was able to hold space for him. Somehow he felt that he had permission to be vulnerable with me in that way. And I truly believe it was because I was doing this, this work. Mm. And I had a few years under my belt at that point. And for me, it was, it was just a, a landmark moment in my relationship with, with my dad, just to see him that way and to comfort him that way. And to connect um, in such connect. a raw, raw yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Ooh, wow, I seriously have chills from my... From my cranium my head down mm-hmm. all the way to, my, to the bottom of my sacral yeah. wow. um, thank you for sharing that because i think what you just shared is going to hit some men that maybe haven't been touched by this conversation yet quite in the heart spot okay that right there yeah yeah wow conversation oh. <laughs> Man, I felt yeah. kind of sadness coming up talking about that, just revisiting both those, both those moments in my life and um, just, yeah, just mm. feeling that right now. Sadness and fullness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Matt, thank you so much for coming here today and first of all, just being so raw and sharing your own experiences and vulnerable and for bringing your expertise on a conversation that I, I just, again, think needs to be had. And um, I really hope this, this reaches and touches our, our listeners here. Um, so I want you to let people know where they can find you. Um, you know, yeah, go ahead. Just let people know how they okay. can stay in touch with you because I okay. know they're going to want to. <laughs> Again, thank you for creating space for this conversation.
yes and, and for inviting me on like i re really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this um, and talk about it with, with you yeah so i'm on instagram at relationship coaching with matt yep. i'm on facebook relationship coaching with matt yep. and i will put or nikki will put uh, the link to my website in the show notes yep and i'll link his facebook page too because those can be hard to find yep, yep. Uh, you want to tell him at all about like discovery call with you and what you offer there oh, someone's interested thank in you. you yeah so if you're if you're interested i'm coaching individuals right now so uh male and female and I offer free 30-minute discovery calls if you're interested. Um, there's a link on my website. You can just click, um, figure out the date that works, 30 minutes. It's free. We'll get a sense of, of one another. Um, you'll get a sense of me. And um, I'll be able to let you know if, if I can support you and what that support would look like. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling mad and you're resonating and you're just like, this guy, yes. Go book a discovery call with him. There's literally nothing to lose. There's no obligation. You don't have to give any kind of payment. And like Matt said, it's really just an opportunity to see if you guys would work well together. Um, so I encourage you all to do that. I will link his website in my show notes. A couple clicks uh, could change your life. You never know. So aside from that, go apply for Unfuck Your Relationship. All right? We all need this. You know you do. And Truthfully, I just want to be really real here. How much longer can your relationship afford to go without help? Okay. Some of you that I talk to, you reach out to me almost daily with another issue. And, you know, I can offer little bits of support here and there. But how are you going to actually change your relationship on a fundamental level so that you don't need daily outside support? Your relationship becomes the support. Um, so I really implore you guys. I know this is going to serve the fuck out of you. Um, so click that link, apply today. Let's hop on a call and see if this is the course to change your life. And yeah. Okay. Um, any parting thoughts, Matt, before we, we say goodbye to our listeners here. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate yeah. the, the time of your listening to that you've spent. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you all. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye.